When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to season four of Locatora Radio, Por Casteras Peligrosas, Wanted for Crimes Against the Patriarchy. We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to bring you Quarantine Confidential, a special pandemic broadcast about our experiences with quarantine and COVID-19. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. Our intention behind this mini-series is to archive our experiences during this global coronavirus pandemic. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Last time on this special edition of Locatora Radio, also known as Quarantine Confidential, we discussed AOC and her groundbreaking speech where she calls out Rep. Ted Yoho after he called her what? A fucking bitch. So tune into that episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Audioboom. Yes, and just a quick reminder that if you haven't already, please subscribe to our newsletter. It's where you will get first dibs at upcoming merch, 
webinars and other fun things that we have in the works. So you can head over to locatoraradio.com to subscribe or head over to Instagram and you can hit the link in our bio. And as a reminder, we have ads on Locatora Radio now. So if you're not about the ad life, you can always become a patron for ad-free listening. Also remember that we go on IG Live every Thursday and we answer listener questions. We do Oye Locas live for you all Thursdays at 7. So catch us there. Yes. And you know what? We're just going to jump right into today's topic uh, we are covering some groundbreaking things happening in music, yeah. online. We're going to cover some of the discussion today. And to intro that, we want to share that we just had an exclusive interview with Maria Hinojosa, an award-winning journalist. And we talked to her about her new book, Once I Was You. Yes, Once I Was You, A Memoir of Love and Hate in a Torn America. Maria Hinojosa basically chronicles her 30 plus uh, year long career as a journalist in radio, audio, as well as television and print. She's the founder and creator of the Futuro Media Group. They create podcasts, they create all types of amazing, fabulous journalism that centers Latinx narratives and stories that are otherwise ignored by mainstream media. So we interviewed Maria. It was really exciting. Um, Her folks reached out to us to see if we would be down to receive copies of her book. Um, And we did. We each received a copy and we spoke to Maria about it. And the full interview with her is coming out in September. Yeah. And, you know, we typically do not share with y'all... when we interview guests that, and we haven't released the audio yet, but we wanted to share with y'all that we interviewed Maria Hinojosa because naturally um, WAP was a topic of today's conversation that we had with her. And, you know, you heard it here first that Maria Hinojosa has a WAP as well, just like us. She, like, it was so funny because in the middle of our interview, you know, we were just talking about all kinds of different things. And she spoke to us for a pretty long period of time. I mean, it it was like a decent conversation. And she's really cool. And she was talking about, you know, being a marijuanera. And she like pulled out her vape. And she was vaping while we were talking. And then I asked what her song of the summer was. And she talked about a lot of her the music that she's listening to right now. But then she was like, Oh, also, um, WAP. I love WAP. I think it's great. And then she's like, let's wet ass pussy. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it takes to have a wet ass pussy. And we launched into a conversation. So yes, what Biosa says is true. We broke the exclusive on Locatora Radio. Maria Hinojosa is the proud owner of a WAP, a wet ass pussy, just like the rest of us. And we're proud to be part of the ranks. <laughs> yes. Thank goddess. Uh, so um, good. And that brings us to today's conversation. <laughs> that brings us to today's conversation. Uh, we want to discuss our initial thoughts, feelings about the release, the video release, which is amazing. And also, you know, we like to break things down. So we're going to be doing that today. My initial thought when I was watching the video, the music video on YouTube, WAP, um, was just how much I loved to see the looks all the different looks, the visuals, the hair, the wigs, the nails, the makeup, 
everything. I was into it. And the first thing I thought of, or one of the first things I did was I texted Mala and I was like, you know, I think that we need to cover this on the pod and we we need to bring back goddess worship. And how is the music video an example of goddess worship? What were your thoughts, Mala? 100%. It's definitely for me an example of goddess worship. I mean, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, they created a masterpiece to be honest like this song is an anthem it is gonna have like reverberations forever this is an iconic video the video that they put out first was the radio edit and so instead of you know the 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 name WAP is an acronym for wet ass pussy but instead of singing out those lyrics on the video the radio edit had um wet and gushy so there were some like differences and i went back on youtube and i looked up you know the the official audio with the full lyrics and it's so good like i feel like this is a lyrical masterpiece like cardi and megan really did an incredible job just with their verses, um, with the choreography in the video. And I really loved just this sort of genre of music that's all about centering women's sexual pleasure and really worshiping and obsessing over like women's bodies. I think it's awesome, especially when we, you know, we do still live in the midst of like very intense violence against women, including sexual violence. So to actually like, you know, mm-hmm. put the pussy on a on a pedestal is like a really fun, mm-hmm. exciting thing. And there's a reason why we love it so much because it's not really something that happens all that often if we actually think about it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, WAP could also be an acronym for worship at the pussy. Like it works. It works. Um, and yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you, Mala. Like, it's not common that we see women's sexuality being centered or even the our pleasure being centered. And when we do, it never fails. There's always pushback from men and women saying like, we're specifically Megan and Cardi are like bringing women back hundreds of years um, they themselves, two individuals, are bringing back any of the progress that women have made, um, you know, and, and all kinds of other misogynistic and sexist things. And also adding the layer that these are two Black women, you know, you cannot forget that misogynoir exists. And um, yeah, and so I, you know, loved it. It is, you know, I loved the visuals. I loved the choreography, everything about it. Um, there were some, some, there were two things that I did not love, which I'm sure that you can also agree with me, Mala. There were two maybe particular people that we did not love seeing. <laughs> two individuals that were a surprise to us all. I think I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. And I was there was drama. Surprised. So there were, in, go ahead. There was drama. There was drama, much drama. No, talk about it, talk about it. So, I mean, the video, I mean, obviously, you know, it's Cardi, it's Megan, but they also featured other um, artists in the video, including, like, Normani had, like, a dance solo. There's a rapper named Sukihana, and she was in there, Mulatto, but also popped up in the middle of the video, Kylie Jenner. Rise and shine. And towards the end. 
And there was some controversy because obviously Kylie is Kylie and we know she's like (laughs) the appropriator in chief. And then we have Rosalia, who has also been at the center of a lot of dialogue and discourse about appropriation Mm -hmm. in reggaeton and who gets centered and who gets celebrated. Yes. And so um, controversy... Right. I mean, like you said, like you mentioned, Rosalia has been at the center of conversations around Latinidad and Latin music and what it means when we have these labels and who's being, um, who's given the resources, who's being put at the center um, and who's being ignored as well. It's not the critiques about Rosalia are, of course, about Rosalia as an individual, but more so as a critique of the industry in general. And so, yeah. Uh, there was a petition, uh, according to Variety, over 50,000 people have signed a petition to remove Kylie from the WAP video. And I also think it was really interesting that she got a lot of camera time. A lot. Like, like a lot, compared a lot. to the other women that were dancing. Like, she was just wa- she was just walking through. And she was strutting. It was a strut, I will admit. she It was a strut. Um, uh-huh. but the, you know, like Normani that had this amazing like dance choreography, like it was glimpses of like Normani and Sukiana and Mulatto. Uh, but Kylie had like a lot of time. Yeah, it's interesting. I always wonder, you know, just like who gets these kinds of decisions when it comes to like the creative direction and the editing, right? Cause it's one thing, um, to, have your vision, like say your Cardi or Megan or, you know, the costume designer or the choreographer and you have your input and you have your vision and things get filmed and you get all your, your takes. But then when it's in the editing room and then like who gets those final decisions on what happens. And I'm always curious about like, how do we get to a place where we have Kylie Jenner with this long, you know, walk down the hall. But I mean, you know, I'm sure that there is like, a million reasons like it's not random these things cost a lot of money so there has to be reasons yeah there's always a reason there's always an explanation as to why things happen the way they do um, especially when it comes down to the editing process um but you know it's still a bop I said certified free seven days a week People have been, the folks on the internet, of course, on Twitter have been editing out Kylie and inserting their own little videos, grabbing yeah. from different, from different scenes and like movies and, and music. And it's like really funny to see the creativity flourish uh, because folks want Kylie out of the video. Truly. That's some of my favorite like when new media comes out, when a new song or a new video comes out, I feel like the best part sometimes is like what the internet does with it. And then all the memes and the offshoots mm-hmm. and like the sub content that comes after people have had a couple hours, you know, with some new content and then they flip it and come up with new trends and new hashtags. And it's exciting. You know, it's like, okay, what is this going to precipitate? <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I will say that I also loved the like very sexual dynamic between Megan and Cardi B because they are both bisexual, bisexual icons, dare I say. They and are. I love it. And so there was definitely a sexual energy that 
I feel as a viewer that they were playing off of in the video. And I loved it. I was here for it. And that led, of course, the internet finds everything like they dug up an old video of Megan the Stallion talking about the type of types of women that she likes and is attracted to. Yep. So turns out Megan likes petite girls with tattoos and Spanish girls, quote unquote, with big butts. So she described us, I think. <laughs> I think that, yes, that's both of us. <laughs> I think Megan the Stallion, I think we're her type. I hope, I pray, we're just going to put that out there into the universe. I'm available, if so. If that be I the also, case. I also hope and pray. I'm around. I'm around. Yes, I also <laughs> hope and pray. Yes, and you know, I feel like Cardi B has been very nonchalant about her. Not because not that she has to like be like out and proud or anything, but I and I say this in like a very respectful way. Like I like that she's been very nonchalant. Like, oh yeah, I like girls too, or oh yeah, I'm also very bisexual. And she kind of just moves on. Like she tweets these things and then yeah. kind of moves on from them. And I I appreciate that about her. Yeah, so I'm here for it. I'm here for the bisexual representation. Yeah, I like, you know, it's good to have just people being like their authentic selves and having like a variety of that sort of representation. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I feel like there's the we have we'll have like a Sarah Ramirez that's like, way vocal and like way out there. Right. Or Or we can have like a Cardi who's like a little bit more like, just kind of when it comes up, it comes up. And it's like a topic amongst mm-hmm. many, you know, and just having the spectrum yes. is a lovely thing. I agree. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Podcasteras peligrosas. has been so enthusiastic about the song though like I think most people are really excited about wet ass pussy I know I've been you know listening on my walks with the dog and should I happen to like leave my house to go to the market like I left yesterday to like go to Starbucks I've been I've been blasting it um but not everybody has loved it Mm -hmm. yeah so a congressional candidate James P. Bradley tweeted what happens, uh, or what as pussy the song is what happens when children are without God and without a strong father figure. He also said that he heard it accidentally, which is highly sus because how do you listen to something accidentally when it's not even on the radio? <laughs> I'm like, did you accidentally watch the video too? Yeah, right, right. No, this man mm-hmm. is not only super salty for no reason and clearly lying. Like, you know, the day that it came out, you had to like follow a link or go and like look it up somewhere to go listen to it. Um, 
he didn't accidentally hear it. And he's also based in California. He's a conservative, a congressional candidate. He's running for office. He's running for public office. And I, there were a couple other like conservative candidates running for public office, like congressional candidates who were tweeting about WAP negatively yesterday, talking about, you know, these women mm-hmm. cannot call themselves queens. And I mean, I think there's an inherent anti-Blackness going on. It appears to me that these people are white people, absolutely. including James Bradley. There's uh-huh. an anti-Blackness. Well, absolutely. I mean, even him saying like without a strong father figure, that is so coded. Mm-hmm. That is so coded when like historically that is the stereotype and generalization made about the Black community that uh, Black men are absent fathers. And so 100% rooted in anti-Blackness. And, um, and Cardi's yeah, dad is very involved yeah, in her been, life. Like, <laughs> Cardi talks right, about her dad all right, the time right. and posts about her dad. Like her dad is way, very around. <laughs> also, I wanted to say when I read this comment, like, well, I did grow up with God and also a strong father. And this is still a bop. And I still love this song. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Yeah. What does... a the presence or lack of a wet ass pussy have to do with any of those things. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right. I also <laughs> think <laughs> I also think that this is like actually good dialogue in case you don't have a wet ass pussy. Like what if you are don't know that you're supposed to have a wet ass pussy when you're gonna have sex. Like actually mm-hmm. like I, I'm actually saying this. Because, because if you're not, if you're not taught, one, if you don't have an actual sex ed, right, if you don't have actual sex education, Mm -hmm. and you don't have an actual sex talk from your parents that's centered around pleasure, which I highly doubt any of us had, right? Right, very few, Um, very few. Do you know, and if you're, you're not, right, and if you're not talking about sex with your peers, especially if you're a young woman, and of a consenting age, like, do you know that you should have a wet pussy? like actually. And so I actually think that it is a good conversation to have. And I'm hoping that, you know, anyone with pussy out there that didn't know is like going to think about it like, oh, you know, I need to, I need whoever my sexual partner may be, like also has to get me to that point right. for us to have any type of intercourse, right? Whether right. that be penetrative or not, like in order for me to be aroused and have a clitoral or to have any type of orgasm, um, I need to have a wet ass pussy. Right. Like, you know, there's um, a, a very basic conversation to be had about, you know, lub- the, the importance of lubrication in any sexual experience, especially if there is penetrative sex of any kind going on. And I think, too, you know, it, it also opens up the conversation to options like lube because, you know, like everyone yes. is dealing with their own bodies and like different um, people create their natural lubrication at different levels. Right. And so there's mm-hmm. that, like it's, it just, it opens Absolutely. up all kinds of conversations, not to like overanalyze it, it, but that's what comes up, you know, with stuff like this, with songs like no. this, it elicits questions and sparks ideas and all that good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I am a proud lubricant user. You know, once you get to a certain age and you're on certain meds, like it, it can like mess up your natural lubrication and you need extra things to, to help. And that's totally fine. 
So yes, I think that it is good for us to center the wet ass pussies in all conversations. In all convos from here on out. Um, there's a lot to talk about, especially <laughs> if you if you've been on the internet like um and kind of following along with the social dialogue around the release of this song. Um, you know, there's also been conversation about how black women have this music history and legacy of creating songs that center, you know, black women's sexual agency and bodily autonomy. So, you know, um, kind of how a song like this in a lot of ways is a throwback to musicians of the past, like Millie Jackson, um, folks like Betty Davis, who is definitely like a pioneer of rock and roll and, and singing about um, sexuality but there's also like Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown and Missy Elliott. And then just historically in hip hop, like the video vixen in general, a lot of those aesthetics, I think we saw in this video and like the dancers that you might see like backup dancers or like the dancers from the two live crew. And um, I mean, there's just so many Janet Jackson, like, so also kind of just giving respect to the to this as like a genre like this is a genre of music basically on its own that really has been pioneered by black women musicians in the united states i would say at least that's where we're having this conversation so to really like shout out that sort of like legacy there because i think it also is easy to kind of every time a song like this pops up folks like james p bradley you know, kind of point to it as this, this is, you know, a sign of the moral degradation of our society. And this is the worst thing. And this is everything that's wrong when that's so not what's going on here, (laughs) you know? Right, right. I agree. And I think it also shows like, you know, for folks that don't know, because it didn't receive a lot of public response. But if you are on the internet, you may have seen this conversation happening. But Megan Thee Stallion was shot by rapper Tory Lanez and there really was no there was very little media coverage and you know also is an implication of the way we as a society treat violence against black women and there was not enough coverage and I feel like the conversation kind of died down since it happened yeah it's it's one of those things where this situation with Tory Lanez who shot Megan the Stallion in her feet like multiple times pointing out right like she's a performer and a dancer like she's on stage all the time and she's dancing and that's her job so it appears to be super intentional I haven't really heard or seen correct me if I'm wrong but I haven't seen really like too many public callouts of Tory Lanez or demands for justice or demands for him to be held accountable. I don't know. But, you know, people are easily angered by her new song. That's mm-hmm. an amazing song. And she yes. looks amazing. And she did an amazing job. But people can be very righteously angry at her for creating this song, worshiping wet ass pussy. But when she was uh, viciously attacked where was the outrage no I call right. bullshit right where was the outrage and also like I didn't see any but just because I didn't see any doesn't mean it wasn't happening but what I saw from 
from Black Twitter was that there were a lot of memes made about Megan being shot by Tory Lanez. And it was almost like used as like, like a comedic relief, you know, that she was shot and memes were made. I, I think it's also important to contextualize that as well. Like that there has been, there was both silence from any like media coverage. And then also when it was being talked about, it was being talked about in a funny way. And so yeah. the black women that I do follow on Twitter were having this conversation about black women being needing to be protected. Mm-hmm. You know, what's so wild is like, we talked, we've talked about this like so much on the podcast at this point, but as always relevant to bring up again, because it continues the way that violence against women is in fact entertainment in the United States. There is a history that really positions violence against women as its own type and form of, of like media and content. It's its own genre in its own right. And I was listening to this podcast called Dolly Parton's America and they do an episode about uh, some songs that Dolly Parton wrote where she's basically writing from the perspective of women who had been murdered. And, you know, Dolly Parton's like from Appalachia and she grew up with a lot of like these like Irish and Scottish like traveling ballads. And she explains that like, back in the day and like back, back, back in the day, like things would happen in towns. Like a man would murder a woman or his wife or his girlfriend. And then there would be a public trial or there would be a public execution or it would be in the paper or like whatever it was. And then you would have these like traveling songwriters who would just basically write the story of how this man killed this woman and dumped her body in the, in the lake or in the river. And then they would become these like traveling ballads that then became like folk tunes and part of popular culture and so dolly being like this little this little white girl like in appalachia like this is part of like the culture and the community and part of like what was the music and entertainment was this genre of song that was literally just all about like men murdering women um and then how she then kind of like ended up writing lots of her songs almost as if through the eyes of those women or right or uh, giving voice to the women's experiences. And it's just so like, okay, so Megan the stallion gets shot in the feet and it's traumatic and it, this vicious attack on her. And then, you know, right away it, it, the stuff of her trauma gets turned into pop culture and content and streams and likes and like, it becomes entertainment in 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 a similar sort of vein, right? In in and in the ways that are particular to Megan as a black woman in America, but it's just like very mind boggling to me. But we continue because we live in a rape culture, and so this is what happens. Yes, thank you for bringing that source, the podcast. That's that's such a a really a really great um, piece of information that you brought to the to this episode. Um. Okay, and so the last thing that we wanted to touch upon in particular to this music video and the visuals and aesthetics is I saw this tweet and I'm going to quote this woman, Brea M. Johnson. Her handle is at the Black Layers. And she talks about, she has this tweet where she says, Hoa survival and Hoa's fun, 
slash reclamation are different things. And then she continues to say, people who are marked as, quote, ho are also poor working class and do not get the fun of the experience or the, quote, agency reclamation. And so I wanted to bring that to this conversation as well and just remind us, remind ourselves and remind our listeners that a lot of the ho aesthetics that we love are rooted in sex workers, like come from sex workers and the things that we love, especially when it comes to uh, these, any visuals I think that have become very mainstream and popularized have been made possible by sex workers and also remembering that they um, continue to face violence, are not protected, and there's an ongoing movement to decriminalize sex work. Yes, decriminalize sex work. Also, apparently... Uh, dancers, strippers are unionizing, which it's about time, to be honest. Um, yes. There are like no protections in that line of work and they need them. Yeah. And, you know, if you we have an older episode, um, I, I want to say it was season three, maybe it was season two. And we interviewed La Mujer Diosa and we talked about the eroticist power and she is a sex worker and she and we talked about these different topics as well and i think this was at the height of like sesta that we that we just interviewed her and so if you haven't listened to that episode um you can head back and listen to that one if you're a newer listener if you just want to uh listen to, re-listen listen to it one more time that's a, a great episode absolutely and other than that Make sure that you hit up our Patreon and become a patron, especially if you are not trying to listen to ads on our episodes, if you want exclusive insight into our top secret Zoom hangouts um, and chats and other goodies that we release to our patrons and nobody else. So go to patreon.com and hit up (laughs) our page. You can also um, still hit up our Venmo if you do want to contribute financially to the podcast. We're at Locatora-Radio on Venmo. Visit our website. If you are a student or you work at a university, we are still accepting bookings. Email us, hola at locatoraradio.com for the fall and spring. Yes, this has been another episode of Locatora Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in once again, and we will catch you next time. Besitos. Besitos. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? 
because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com slash build. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. 